Welcome to Post in Black, my name is David Hunter Jr. Thank you guys for tuning in, and on today's episode, we are so happy and proud to have Leander Sales with us. How you doing today, man? Right, I'm good, man. How you doing? doing? I'm doing really good, really good. Cool, Thank you cool. for being here. Hey, no now, problem. before we get started, we always like to start off our guests with a little bit of an icebreaker. Is okay. that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Something small. Okay. Audiobooks or e-books? Uh, email. <laughs> email. <laughs> neither, neither. No, but I, I do yeah. a lot of audiobooks. Audiobooks. During my, during my hike. Okay. The one that I just did was uh, Iceberg Slim. Iceberg Slim. Yeah. Really? How yeah. was that? Oh, Recommended. Man. I had read it uh, many years ago, but I said, let me just listen to this. Okay. While I hike. Was it different? It was so different. Yeah. You know why? Because when I did it the first time, when I read it the first time, I hadn't worked on a documentary about prostitution. Man. And that documentary was, it was uh, Hookers at the Point. Yeah. Brent Owens. Really? And I edited that. And when I did the editing on that, and we're jumping right into the No, the no, no, stuff, this is right good in, stuff. This is all right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Anyway, back in the, I didn't know anything about life. Yeah. As when I worked on this documentary about how all these women got into prostitution, it's like what didn't go into the movie was really interesting. Mm, that's amazing. Was it a strategic oh, point to take it out and not put it in the movie because it was too deep and too they dark? Didn't, they didn't have a complete story. Okay. Gotcha. We interviewed some of the young ladies and they had a complete story. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones that we kept. But mm -hmm. then there was somebody that would drop in one day and say, you know, I went through A, B, and C. And you'd be like, oh my God. Really? It just hits a little bit different. Oh yeah. It's like, wow. whoa, That's you went something... through this, you went through that, and you ended up here. It's like always a step, you know? Right. It's not, not all of a sudden. It's like these steps that they take before they end up on the streets. Mm -hmm. And it just blew me away. That movie, it just taught me so much about women. Mm. Especially when you're that honest. Right. And they were just... It's eye-opening. Oh, man, brutally yeah. honest about how they got to where they were. Mm -hmm. So editing that, it was... It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I would like to... I need to hear that myself. My mother was a social worker in D.C. and in okay. Southeast D.C. So okay. if you don't know about D.C., Southeast is one of those places where there's a lot going on. We're just going to say that. A lot going on. And so she dealt with, you know, women. She dealt with families struggling, all that. She even dealt with uh, mental health patients for people that worked in the military. Right. So you're talking about, you know, women like that going into prostitution. Yeah, she was man. with sexual assault victims. Oh, man. So that, that right there, I think I need to hear that. So it's like there's a hole in the heart of a mm -hmm. lot of these women. It's like that missing yeah. father, right? right? And that's why a Pimp, you know, he's gonna say, uh, call me daddy, because he knows, you know, psychologically that's what's this. missing in her life. Mm -hmm. She has a problem with her father. Mm. And what he's gonna do is provide love and material things mm -hmm. and security, and that's what daddies do. Right. And that's what, you know, and looking a lot for of that. these women didn't have. Right. You know? So, is that an icebreaker? Icebergs. That is an icebreaker. Iceberg that slim. That is an iceberg slim. That was... <laughs> can't make this up. Nah, that's good. Well, you're telling the people a little bit about yourself already, but tell us a little bit more about you. Where are you from? Where you grew up? Winston-Salem, you know? North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. North Kakalaka for yes, the people sir. from North Kakalaka. They know. Yeah, my so, one of my favorite characters in, uh, in uh, the wood. You know, my name Mott. Yeah. You know, I like sports. I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's yep. one of my favorite movies. Rick grew up in uh, North Carolina for you a did. short time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. We met at Sundance, and we're just having this conversation. He said, really? 
I said, yeah, I saw you moving around. He's like, yeah, yeah, I lived in Winston-Salem for a long. I said, oh, cool. That's crazy. Then he moved out to L.A. Yeah. So, yeah. Came yeah. out here. Okay. Yeah. All right. How long you been out in L.A.? About 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Just about the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean. yeah. I spent a lot of time in New York. New York. Okay. What yeah. do you prefer? Now, that could have been an icebreaker, too. New York or L.A. Because, you know, people have they, they taste, and that's it. Let They're not letting go. Let me tell you, man. I, I don't want to endure another New York winter. Thank you, sir. Let them know. Hey, hey, I mean, I, I love hiking. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I love walking the cities of New York too yeah. in the fall and the spring. Yeah, summer sometimes is too hot. Yeah, winter forget about. I love, I love going to New York to visit, and people always ask me like, yeah. "You're from the East Coast, Dave, yeah. but you have this West Coast vibe." I said, I, "It must have been in me." You know what I mean? I love yeah. the East Coast. I love where I'm from, Philadelphia, D.C. I love going to New York. But this nothing like for me being out here. It, oh, you yeah. know, it's it's just something different about California. And I'm such an outdoor person. Yes, know? sir. I love to walk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. why editing sometimes. You know, I have this battle with editing because yeah. there's so much sitting. Yeah, you're jumping in there. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. for you, you were you were editor by right. profession. Right. How did you get started in this? Was it always something that you wanted to get into in the film industry with editing? Directing, acting, you know, did you have a bug that you just bit? You know, because in Winston-Salem, was there much to look at for you to actually movies? aspire to? When movies? I was a kid, I yeah. loved watching movies. I okay. just loved movies. Favorite movie? Cooley Do you have High. Cooley High. Oh, man. Cooley High. Ooh, I have so such a personal goodbye. connection with Cooley High. Yes, sir. I'll tell you the story. Okay. Here's the story. We're here to tell the story. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what we hear. Here's the story, man. I have a friend, mm-hmm. Kawana Rice. Okay. We've been friends since like seventh, eighth grade. Yes, sir. And many years pass, right? And I'm living in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, we just happened to be talking. I said, she said, what are you doing? She called me, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching Coolie High. And she was like, oh, my cousin's film. What? And I'm saying, your cousin's in this film? She said, no, my cousin directed that film. I said, Kawana, come on now. Get out. We've been knowing each other <laughs> All these over 30 years. Yeah. And you have never mentioned that Michael Schultz is your cousin. Come on, what do you mean? You're lying. She said, no, that is my cousin. How? Like, that's, that's something that you don't just not say. Then she said, we're having a family reunion in a couple of months. Come over to Philly, and you can meet him. I was in New York at the time. Yeah. I said, okay, cool. And I'm thinking, she's pulling my leg, man. Right, right, right. She's pulling my leg. I go over there, and there he was in the living room. Michael Schultz. That is crazy. So I met Michael Schultz, the director of one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Cooley High. Man. And there he was. The reason I love that movie because it represents a lot of the characters. It's like I know them. Mm-hmm. I've been them. The writer, Preach. Yeah. I've did some. Uh, used to love basketball. Yeah. Like we were just talking about David Thompson. Right. From Shelby. Yeah. Love basketball. So it's like all those characters. It's connected to you. I just knew them. This is why I always tell people to get a good mentor. Yeah. Because that's how I got into editing. Mm-hmm. I was reading this book. I have an uncle. Okay. Named Ron Dorch. Ron Dorch, yes, sir. Great aunt, great actor, man. Great actor. Mm-hmm. And Ron, I was reading this book, Sidney Poitier, This Life. And in that book, he said, the best place to learn filmmaking is in the editing room. Mm. I went to Ron, my uncle. I said, Ron, do you know any editors? Mm. He said, yeah, I know. I know some editors. I know one you should meet. His name is Rudy Gaskins. Rudy Gaskins, yeah. I met Rudy Gaskins. Okay. He was a sound editor on a movie at the time. And I said, yo, man, I'm selling sofa beds at General Convertibles. 
I hate it. Yeah. If I can come by after work sometimes and just see what you do, mm -hmm. that would be great. He said, and I said, look, and if you hire me, I'll work for free. Man. He was like, whoa, no one's ever offered to work for free before. So, a few days, he called me and said, oh, you know what? There's this guy who's coming back from Atlanta. He just did this movie in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and we went to school together, and you should call him up. He might be looking for an apprentice sound editor. Hmm. And here's his production office number. He gave me the number, yeah. and his name is Spike Lee. I said, oh my goodness. Spike. I said, man, I just thought she's got to have it. What? Yeah, that, his name is Spike Lee. That's crazy. Now, how did that and affect you when you hear that? You're like, wait, wait, no. Spike, first of all, he had, he had only done one movie. That's what I mean. You She's put that movie, it. but you're like, that name right there, when you see that movie, you're like, wait, I can get with him? Is that I what you're thinking? No, I didn't think I can get, I didn't think I can get the job. Okay. Because I hadn't been to film school, you know? So yeah. I was thinking, I'm not going to get the job, but I can meet some people. Okay. Because I always think that, you know, you're only a few people away from the person you really want to meet. Mm -hmm. You really mm -hmm. need to meet, right? So he gave me the number to Spike's production office, and this woman named Tracy Willard. Okay. She had the angel, she had the voice of an angel. When I called, she said, hello, 40 Higgins and Mule Filmworks. How can I help you? And I said, my name is Leander Sales, and I would like to speak with Spike. <laughs> and she said, That's it. just a minute. Wow. I thought she was going to come back and say, can I get your number and your name? Yeah, right? yeah, you yeah. Know, do that whole thing right. and never get a call back, right? Right. Next thing I know, Spike is on the phone. Yeah, this is Spike. My name is Leander Sales, and I want to apply for the job as apprentice sound editor. He said, okay, talk to Tracer. She'll give you Maurice Shell's number. You call him up. He's a supervising sound editor. Wrote that number down. Called Maurice Shell and set up an interview. Wow. I got there, and he had all these resumes, NYU, Columbia, man. all these film schools that people right. had gone through, going through the resumes. Like, man, I know I'm not getting this job. Yeah. You know? And the only thing I had done, I had just come back from traveling. Okay. And I Where was, were you traveling to? I was, in, I was in Italy for two years. Oh, oh, that's, that's like living. And not, <laughs> yeah. and not in the military, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, was, I just said, you know, I want to go and live somewhere and yeah. learn a new language. And I chose Italy because I like the food. Yeah, okay. I based it all on the food. Okay. I said, if I don't have a good time, I'm going to eat well. Right. That's not bad. At least I'm going to have some good of pizza, some good pasta. I'm going to eat well. Mm -hmm. So I went there, hung out for two years. I said, being a stubborn Torian, Torian I'm, a, mm -hmm. I'm a Taurus. Right. So I, I told a friend, I said, look, I'm going to hang out in Italy for two years. And he said, what? <laughs> yeah, because you don't just hang out yeah. somewhere for two years. You crazy? Yeah. He said, man, you can go down to, we're in New York. You can go down to Mulberry Street. It's the same thing. I was like, dude, you could, are you comparing a street to a country? Was he from New York? No. Nah, I was going to say, I love, I love me New Yorkers. I got some cousins, but they, they think everything is in New York. No. Nah. They don't think anything else it, is It wasn't from New York, but okay. you know, that whole, you know, what that taught me was I need to travel. Okay. And sometimes the people who are your good friends, you can't take them with you. Yeah. We're still good friends. And then later on in his life, he started traveling more. Okay. And he realized that a country, you cannot compare a country to a street. To a street, no. So anyway, 
that's that's how I ended up over there. That's how you I ended said, up. You know, there. I want to just go over there and just you know learn a different language, do something different, do something you know like I've never done before. Mm -hmm. And that was it. But being over there for two years, it helped me get my first job with Spike. That's because I interviewed with Maurice Shell. We sat there, and he said, so what school did you go to? I said, I didn't go to the film school. He said, and um, what have you been doing? I said, selling soap beds, never convertibles. I just got back into the country, you know, and I've been yeah. working there for about six months. He said, where you been? I said, I was in Italy for a couple of years. He said, man, I did the same thing in France. What? And the whole thing and was about traveling. About that relation, that connection. It was about traveling. That's all we talked about, traveling. He said, yeah, I did this, I did that, I did blah, 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 blah. And he told me, well, I did this, I did this, and I traveled there, I traveled there. And we just talked about traveling. But then I realized what happened, how I got that. And then a few days later, he called me up and he you said, got hey, look, yeah. uh, this gig is only for four months. After that, you're going to be unemployed. Do you still want to do this? I said, yeah. Hmm. Four months of working on school days, four months of selling sofa beds. Yeah, second yeah. no, you can't compare. Goodbye sofa beds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in, in, in that realm, like, with you not having any experience. No experience. How, how did you transition to go in there? Was it, was it really hard for you? Because now you got it and you're like, wait, what did I get into? Or did you just go in seamlessly and just like, I'm learning, I'm soaking up like a sponge, everything? I was a sponge. Okay. I was a sponge and I showed up on time. Mm. If you show up on time, people will mentor you because they think you're interested. Right. You show up on time and you stay late. Yeah. You're interested. Yeah. So I, they started telling me something, you had to do this, tell me how to do that, how to do that, how to thread the moviola, on the moviola at the time, how to thread the steam back. So they would teach me all this stuff, how to sink dailies. I was like, cool. That's something that we- But we, I enjoyed it because you know what? I could have been working on those films or- Sofa beds. Sofa beds. There's no, no, no choice. I mean- hey. The thing not about a second thought, people man. People are trying to skip steps nowadays, and that's kind of what we're, we're talking about. Everybody yeah. sees where you kind of are now, maybe having a little yeah. bit more sustained career, and they're like, well, I want that. They don't know what you had to do to get there. So can you even, you know, you Show talk about up that. on time. Show up on time. Show up on time. Okay. That's why you got to show up. You got you to gotta be present. Be present. That's the important thing. Gotcha. You just got to show up, man. It's kind of similar to my brother who started Posting Black. Similar story with him. He went to Berkeley College of Music. Right. Was doing music, watching films. They were teaching him about that. He said, wait, how do I do that? What's this? Are they scoring? Let me get into that. Looked up a post-production school, came out here, got into sound, supervising. One intern with a lot of people. Uh, Dane Davis, the Dane Tracks. That was his first internship, wow. and they wow. did The Matrix. So Dane and all those guys are taking him out, and he's taking me as his brother with him, and I'm going in there seeing the Oscars for The Matrix. And they're like, we love your brother. Are you in post as well? And I'm just like, and he's having access to so many people who yeah. are here just because what you said, showing up, asking questions, asking being, questions. Available. being available. And he yeah. was the youngest person in the room. And that, mm -hmm. it always, even being his brother, my brother's very like direct, kind of just soft-spoken. And I was like, how did you get here? So I sent an email. I'm like, you sent an email? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Send an email. Um, Tara Lynn Shropshire was one of our first. Send her an email. Hey, I'm 22 years old. I just got hired. Um, do you have any advice? And he said, he said, man, people have been so willing to share if you ask, especially if you're coming yeah. correct and not on ulterior motives, you know, because you can kind of smell that out. Right. 
or anything. Right. So were there any horror stories for you jumping in? Obviously, you got the job, you showed up, but was there any time where you felt mm-hmm. you overwhelmed or a little bit unprepared? Or you like, did you feel oh, any no. pressure, obviously, from having now this gig for working for oh, somebody? Man, I messed up so much. Yeah. Oh, I messed up a lot, man. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get fired. Yeah. But they knew, here's the thing, they knew I didn't know anything. Okay. I was an apprentice. What does that mean? If you are an apprentice, you're here to learn. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything. Right. That's what an apprentice means. You don't know anything. But people were so patient with me. Okay. So patient. They said, oh, this is how you do. Oh, don't worry about that. You messed that up. But here's how you fix it. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. When you mess up, you learn how to fix it. Okay. But if you're always fixing that same thing, then people say, wait it. a minute now. <laughs> you ain't, are you learning? What are you learning? We showed you how to do that now. Why are you making that same mistake? Mm-hmm. So you know, that's important. Now, while you're in there, mm-hmm. it seemed like you already had a, a kind of a gift to, to talk to people. Because right. obviously you made the phone call. Hey, I want right. to speak to Spike. You were very just direct. When you're there, do you develop other connections that lead you to other jobs? Because obviously it's only a four-month oh, yeah. gig. Oh, so yeah. what was your process like on set when you're learning? Were you speaking to other people like, hey, yeah. what do you guys do when you leave here? Because I worked as a PA before, and you know, people are always talking about what show are you on next? Where are you going next? What's your exactly. next job? How exactly. did that work for you? Oh, yeah, it, it worked very well. What happened was... Uh, Showing up on time. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what happened on school days. Okay. Every day I was, I was the first one there. First one there. Right. And guess who else was the first one there? They were excited. They were just excited to be there. It's his yeah. first studio film, Spike. Spike, really? He was the first one there. And he used to write while they were mixing the film. Mm. He would go in and he'd be there writing and writing the next film. Mm-hmm. And while he was working on school days, mixing school days, he's writing to the right thing. And That's crazy. he didn't even know my name, probably. Yeah. First couple of weeks. He's hey, hey, go and get that apprentice and tell him to go and get me a, a tea and a Danish. <laughs> and I would run and get it real quick and run back because I wanted to, you know, get back to what I was doing. Right. Like learning. Right. So I was so excited to be learning, man. Yeah. So uh, as then, you know, he came to the room. Oh, Leander, I need you to go and get me a tea and a Danish. Remember my name? Leander, Leander. okay. All yeah. right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I'll run and get it, run back, and get back to whatever I was doing. And then, but I always get that, that call. Leander, I need you going, but Leander, I need you going, Leander, I need you to run. It was like running everywhere. Yeah. And that's what you do, gopher, right? You right. go for you this, run. you go for that. <laughs> but I did it so fast because I wanted to come back and get back to learning. Mm-hmm. So free, I wasn't there school. trying to hang out with people. Yeah, no. You I'm were... thinking this is four months. I got to learn everything I need to know in four months, mm-hmm. so I can have some skills so I can go to the next job. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking. Did, now with that, mm-hmm. did it? Did it? What? What inspired you? Because obviously you're still in the game even from school days. Right. So what? What triggered? Because this is something you don't know if you want to get into. Right. You don't know that this is going to turn into a 20, 30 year career. You don't. But you're in it. What was the trigger for you that said, "Man, I want to do this. I want to get there." Was it because it was your first thing? You know, you had no like not trying to say, but if you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't have any negative experiences with it. You're like, "Oh, I'm coming in." I love it, but you can come in and say, I don't know, I like being on set, but I don't know if this is what I want to do. Maybe there was something else you wanted to do, cinematography or writing yourself, but you, that was editing was really wonderful. what you saw. That was all wonderful, and what happens when you're in the editing room is you work with everybody's work. You work with the writer's work, you work with the cinematographer's work, hmm. you work with the music, everybody acting. Yeah. Everything is right there. It's like you are the chef. Yeah. And you're putting together all... Everybody else is just bringing you the ingredients. Mm. But you're the baker. Yeah. 
or the chef, and you're putting it all together. And that's what I liked. I liked that I was getting ingredients from everybody and we're putting together, we're gonna bake this thing, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And, but some people, they're in it for the red carpet premiere. Yeah. They're, in, they're in for it for the premiere. Mm -hmm. I was in, I was in the process. I love the process. Yeah. I love the dailies, getting the dailies from Duart every day. Yeah. You know, that's what I loved. Going to sound one, getting the sound rolls, and you know, being the first one to see the footage. Yeah. Being the first one to see the cut come together. It's like the baby is coming together and the baby is growing. Mm -hmm. you, got, you put a toe on one day, you put a foot on one day, a <laughs> leg on the next day. Next thing you know, the baby is running out into the world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But is there any frustration? Because I'll, I'll go on this part. You're putting the baby together and now you've been very instrumental in putting everything together. Right. When you talk about Spike doing his first studio film, as you grew and you're a part of the process, mm -hmm. are, there, are there any frustrations in seeing how now the outside comes in? Because now there's other voices, there's other hands in the pot. You do all this work and then they're like, I don't know about that. Go back and change it. Were they frustrated? Were you, you fought? Were you able to fight for things that you wanted? Or yeah, did you see some pushback? I'll tell you what was the uh, interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And it might be frustrating. Is that you have an editing team with a director, you put together this cut. Yeah. And then you do a thing called test screenings. Yeah. Ooh. Oh boy. Those are brutal. Okay. What was, what was the worst part about the I test I remember screening? we had this scene in school days yeah. where we thought, well, Barry and Spike. Yeah. Editor, director, got together, they put together this movie, and as the assistant, you know, we do our thing as mm -hmm. well. As the apprentice, we do our thing as well. But they do all that creative work. And then we did this test screening. And when you're in the editing suite, you think, oh man, they're gonna respond this way, they're gonna respond that way. And we thought they're gonna be very emotional, they might cry, mm -hmm. you know. When they see this scene, man, they saw that movie, they were laughing. They were like, this is so ridiculous, get this out of here. I was man, like, Ooh. did that hurt? Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it that was painful. Yeah, like, but you get used to it. It's my yeah. first one. Okay. And I said, this is how, this is what they're talking about. An objective audience, that's what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. You need that objectivity. They don't know man. anything about you, know you from care. Adam. They don't care. They come in and it's give like you an honest first impression. It's like you us to spend money to watch this. Mm. As hard as I work for my money. <laughs> and yeah. you want me to sit there for two hours to watch this? Yeah. And I can't get my two hours back. Yeah, not doing it. What was your- They were brutal. What was your best experience up to now and what was your worst experience, you would say? My best, ex I was one of my best experiences. Okay. I was one of my best experiences was when we were doing, I was editing Get On The Bus. Okay, yes. I had two really good experiences working on that. Uh, Prince came to the editing room one day. Wow. Yeah. Matt Prince. Spike called me, hey, Prince wants to see the movie. Show him some of the movie. He'll, he'll come by at a certain time. I said, okay, cool. So around that time, these bodyguards, they come up into the editing suite. They're looking around, you know, like, okay, mm -hmm. everything is cool in here. Ain't nothing here but some editors and some film. Cool. Yeah. And then Prince comes in and uh, people got him through chairs. He sat down and uh, I said, so what do you guys want to see? And I said, well, you can, and Michelle D'Ancello, she was with him. Okay. And uh, she's like, oh, hey, Leander, because I knew her from before. Pre so, yeah. yeah, yeah, so anyway, say, we talked a little bit, as then Prince said, well, we can see the beginning, some of the beginning, 
and we put on the beginning reel. So yeah, so we showed him some of the film, but I was thinking, when he left, I was like, and I have a friend, mm. and she's like, such a Prince fanatic. Yeah. I was like, man, if I told her that Prince was right here, and this, she would freak out. She would flip, yeah. She would flip. A lot of people would flip. I mean, I'm thinking about that now, I'm like, that's just like, you just doing your job. I'm just doing my job. And, yeah. oh, Prince gonna be, oh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. That was a good experience. Mm -hmm. And also on that same film, at the premiere of Get on the Bus, uh, Ozzy Davis. Yeah. I, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I told Mr. Ozzy Davis, I said, uh, Mr. Davis, uh, I'm the editor of the film. It was, it was so wonderful to be cutting your performances. I bet you cut out all my good stuff. <laughs> what can you do to that? What like, can you do to that? Yeah. How do you react? Because you're like, you playing? Are you, are you serious? You, what, what's... He, he wasn't playing. No, man. he was serious. He had done enough movies to know the editors, you know, mess up his yeah, performances. Yeah, you know? don't be taking out the good stuff. Don't be taking out What'd the good do? stuff. Okay, Ozzy, I got you. And he was sitting right in front of me at the premiere, and the whole time I'm sitting there trying to watch the movie, but I'm like... Watching his reaction. Watching his reaction. Yeah. And then afterwards I asked him, so what do you think? Do you think I'd uh, leave it in all your good stuff? He said, oh yeah, you did, buddy. You did, buddy. You okay. left all my good stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> I never think about that. Now you working with big stars. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's another yeah. that's another story. So tell tell us about what you're doing now because obviously you've had a tremendous journey to get to where you're doing now. What are you up to these days? Where you you know what you teaching, I'm, you're helping, you're oh, mentoring yeah. cuz even I'm what I'm learning right now. Yeah. A lot. I'm still editing, but I'm mentoring, which is really important, I think. Mm -hmm. It's important to mentor the next generation of filmmakers. Yeah. And the way that people just opened up to me. Mhm. Mm when I worked at, at school, when I worked on School Days, when I worked on Do the Right Thing, mm -hmm. all those other films, Ernest Dickerson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean so many He's directing some stuff now, yeah. too, even more. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one day Ernest sat me down, man, and explained we were getting these lab notes from Duart. Right. And I was like, oh, Ernest, uh, what does this mean? He sat me down and he explained to me the chemical mixture on the dailies and what he was looking at, you know. Mm. I mean, just a generous guy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, one day I want to do that. Yeah. I want to know so much that I can share it with younger people coming up. Yeah. So I've worked on enough films, you know, that I can share it now. So I, I've taught at uh, University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Okay. I've taught at uh, New York Film Academy, NIFA. Mm. I've taught at USC. Yeah. And it's always a good feeling when these kids, and it's not kids sometimes, older people who, just, yeah. you know, who don't have a lot of knowledge, they walk into your class, and by the time they leave, they know more. Right. I think it's really, you know, the purpose of doing Post and Black, we're highlighting people, African-Americans primarily, yeah. who are working in this industry who we don't even hear about. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people can grasp a lot from you. Just even if they don't learn anything, if they don't can't see you, people are not going to watch this that live in L.A. But the, men the mentorship, they can feel it, yeah. I think, through, through what you're saying. You know, oh, I yeah. feel it right now. It's a genuine spirit to want to help. How do you feel like that? Mm. You know, it's a struggle right now because there's a lot of content out here. Right. There's a lot of people that can just put up anything. Oh yeah. What's it like for people to try to separate themselves to somebody to get in touch with a, someone like you? Just not even to want anything, but just maybe a mentorship, some advice about a path to take. What What would you say to them in terms of how that you said show up? Oh yeah. But what's something else you would advise them to do if they're learning, if they're growing, and trying to get to have a career like you do? I have. I have to tell you, one of the things that helped me so much as an editor mm -hmm. was a job I had at Macy's. Really? Yeah. That's Security real. guard. Okay. At Macy's. 
I worked at Macy's for a year and a half before I went traveling. Okay. And that's what inspired me to go traveling because I met people from all over the world working at Macy's. And my job was my favorite thing to do, one of my favorite things to do, and that is people watch. They wow. paid me to watch people. Yeah. I got paid for that. <laughs> that's crazy. To watch people, that's what I got paid for. And that's what we do as editors. We're just watching people. We're wow. watching behavior, We're watching the psychology. We're saying, does this cut make sense? Does it make sense to cut from here to here? That's amazing. Does that emotional response, is mm -hmm. it valid? Mm -hmm. When you go from this shot to this shot, it's like watching somebody shoplift. Now, why is that person <laughs> they didn't think in that the case. fitting room, they went in kind of slim, yeah. and now they're coming out a little bigger? You probably pick up on every little detail. Yeah. You know? And that's what it's about. It's about watching the detail, the people's yeah. behavior, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Sometimes you, know, you just say hello to somebody, right? When, when you're a security guard. And sometimes you just say hello just to say hello. Yeah. But if the response is sort of like... It'll, it'll give you the right... It'll make you say, wait a minute. That's such an amazing thing that you say that. Being a security guard, your job is to watch people. My and then job. as an editor, your job is to watch. So you can pick up the nuances, yeah. the truth. Yeah. What's real and what's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's the best one. Right. And come, that's, that's powerful. So that was some of the best training I got as an editor working as a security guard at Macy's. Really? So that's, yeah. I think that's advice and inspiring for people who are out here right now working their side jobs and hustling, just Yo. trying to overlook it and not understanding where, where it may take them, what you may use down the road. And let me tell you, man, no matter what you're doing, there's always a little story in it. Mm. And that's what we do. When we write, we want to meet people who have those odd jobs, you know? Yeah. And it's like, they think, oh, I don't I want to be doing this. I'd rather be doing my music. I'd rather be doing this. I'd rather be doing that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's a little story in whatever you, no matter how boring it is, yeah. it could be the boring part of the movie before it gets exciting. That's... You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, our life's not all exciting. Sometimes, no. you know, we have all the hills and the valleys, yeah. hills and the valleys. Sometimes you know? it's, just, it's straight through. Yeah. You just got to keep going. Yeah, just got to keep yeah. going, man. Is so, there anywhere where people can, like, find you or, you know, reach out to you? Anything you want to share that you're working on coming up that we can, we can share with the people right now? We'll post that up here for them, uh, for them to find you. Or just any advice, you know, besides that? Where reach out to me on Facebook. Okay. Leander, Leander Sales. Sales. Leander Sales on Facebook. Leander Sales on Facebook. You know, I have Instagram, but I don't go on it that much. Okay. But, yeah. You know, what do I love about Facebook? I yes, love sir. about Facebook because I can see we have having mutual friends. Yeah. Sometimes you know people that reach out to you say, "Wow, we have a mutual friend here." Mm. So it's like that's cool. Yeah, it's very. And I'm very always you know people reach out to me. I always say, "Yes, yes, yes." Hey, I no. accept. I've never denied people unless this is one person I denied. It was like an old friend yeah. from high school. He said, "Hey, man, I haven't seen in a long time." And then I accepted his friendship. And I started saying all this Donald Trump thing. And I said, "Defriend, unfriend, yeah, goodbye. yeah, hello and goodbye." Yeah, yeah, real quick. Real, real quick. You ain't had to make no decision on that. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I can't have you yeah. posting all this Donald Trump shit on my uh, yeah. Donald Trump stuff. Sorry. No, no, we all right. Okay. It's posting black. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we out, we out here, bro. <laughs> you know, we all right. It's all good. Well, now nah, we gonna get you out of here on that, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Posting Black. We want to thank LTE uh, Vision Studios for having us, and again, thank our our wonderful guest Leander Sales for being here. Appreciate you. Man, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Post in Black. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Post in Black. 
and to see exclusive footage from our interviews, make sure you check out our YouTube channel at Made For More Entertainment. In the meantime, make sure you tip your bartenders, feed your actors, and always salute your post crew. Peace. <laughs>